It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And a very good morning to you, JP, in for Patricia, right through until one o'clock. And Bernie taking your comments on the phone. If you have a view, call us now, 0818-103-103. Or you can text or WhatsApp, 0862-103-103. And yes, it is... Uh, the 1st of April and April Fool's Day but I can assure you everything today on the show we're not going down the route of fooling anybody today I think there's too much serious stuff happening in the world to start that on a, a chat show like this but there is some stories that people may think are April Fool's stories but they are not they're genuine and we'll start the show shortly by something we discussed yesterday and I think some people and the majority of people are in one way glad that the Cork footballers have decided to stick with their decision rather than saying something and then going against it 24 hours later and that that, of course, is the Cork senior footballers insisting that they will not fulfil their Munster Championship semi-final fixture against Kerry in Killarney. The match for May 7th is the fixture. In a statement issued last night, Cork players and management, they say they will only play Parky Ring and have called on the decision to move the game to be reversed by the Munster Council. Now it was decided earlier this week to refix the game and that was for Fitzgerald Stadium in Killarney because Parky Ring's capacity deemed too small for the expected crowd and as we all know Parky Cueve is unavailable due to the staging of the Ed Sheeran concerts coming up. So with all of that going on uh, some people are in agreement that yes at least they're standing by what they said but there's a mixed views out there. Supporters uh, seemingly by the feedback we're getting on texts and calls this morning they are are not too worried on where the game is played in the county for example a lot of the uh, county supporters are saying they prefer uh, to go to Killarney because you can park and it's an easier access uh, for the stadium rather than trying to park and get access to Parky Ring or indeed Parky Cueve so a lot of people prefer Killarney for access reasons but can you understand then why the footballers have made this decision it was due to be held in Cork they want the match to be played in Cork and we'll discuss that shortly with our GAA reporter Finmar McCarthy your views are welcome on text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and Jim on text uh, Hi John Paul I presume it's not an April Fool's joke about the Cork football team and management refusing to play in Killarney No it's not It's genuine No April Fool's on this one This is a genuine case and we'll discuss that shortly on the programme Also if you like 
uh, your cup of coffee, a takeaway coffee that you would purchase in any petrol station or any shop and you get the disposable cup. Well, now you could be paying an extra 20 cents for using that disposable cup. It's part of a new initiative that is coming in and it's coming under this circular economy bill from the government. It went before the doll this week and it's also going to pave the way for the use of CCTV to detect and deter illegal dumping, which I think a lot of people would be happy with because how many times have we heard of CCTV cameras being turned off because when they catch someone in the act, people are saying, you're invading my privacy, you've no permission to be recording me or use my images. It leads then to an issue with GDPR and when it goes to court, some cases we have seen being thrown out of court and now this bill will mean that you can use CCTV for this reason for illegal dumping. So that'll be welcome news. We'll discuss that this morning on the programme also. Your views are welcome on that. And we're going to hear about the launch of community hubs which will see rural pubs transformed into work hubs. This is some bars which don't open until evening in many rural areas. They could see their space used as a working hub during the day under this new pilot scheme. And with costs increasing, we chat with students from Skolvirigon Small in Blarney on a novel idea they have for us all to save our spare change. And we'll be heading to the movies after 12.30 with our movie reviewer, Mark Malone. So that and more to come between now and one. And your views are welcome. If there's something you want to raise in the show, or indeed comment on the show uh, 0818 103 103 Bernie taking those calls you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 also as we have been doing across the week we're giving you a chance to win again today with the Celtic Ross Hotel located in stunning Ross Carberry it's celebrating 25 years in business we've been giving away amazing prizes all week including afternoon tea leisure centre membership dinner and overnight stays today you could win for yourself a taste of the real West Cork stay with a two-night stay and dinner. And the dinner is on one of the nights at the Celtic Ross Hotel. How do you win? Well, again, it's a trivia question based on events from the last 25 years. We'll give you that question between now and one. If you get it correct, you'll be heading along and enjoying the taste of real West Cork, a two-night stay with dinner on one of the nights at the Celtic Ross Hotel in Ross Carberry, celebrating 25 years of hospitality. See CelticRossHotel.com That to come as well between now and one. Uh, but as we were discussing the increase yesterday from Electric Ireland and the continuing increases when it comes to energy a survey out this morning and this survey was carried out on Monday so this was carried out before Electric Ireland announced their increases it's from the Irish Daily Mail and Extra.ie along with Amoric Research and they're showing that more than half of people are struggling to pay their energy bills and I think what this poll is showing is something we already knew but this is putting it now uh, in I suppose fact that at least they have gone out and spoken to people who have come back and said that they cannot keep up with the rising cost of living and many now are actively seeking ways to reduce their spending and that thing can have a knock-on effect in other areas of the economy. The poll shows that 55% of the public are struggling to pay their gas and electricity bills and again, I know that's before the price hikes this week which were announced. Uh, this survey was carried out on Monday so you'd wonder with these new hikes will that increase in that poll? I'm sure it would. And then 
something that I'm not too sure was this done many years ago, uh, but families now could be paying more using your electricity at peak times. You could be paying up to 50% more for using your electricity at peak times. I would presume peak times is from maybe when we all get home from work. So that could range any time from four o'clock until 10 o'clock at night. Uh, but it seems it's a move being considered by the government and the energy regulator. And this is all, again, in response to what I've just mentioned, the soaring gas and electricity prices. Also, those households where smart meters have been installed, they could be pushed on a new mandatory time of use tariff. So when you use electricity at a certain time, for example, day and night rate, it would be cheaper to run something overnight uh, whereby if you're using electricity during the day it would be more expensive and when they mention peak time I do presume that's the evening time when we're all at home uh, or you're in from work and going out again and you're you know, u- using your cooker for the oven and uh, making dinners and you're using the washing machine and, and whatnot uh, that you could have a situation and I'm sure this happened many years ago. People might might have a, a memories of this whereby it was cheaper to run the electricity at night time because of all the new electricity companies that have come into Ireland now and because of all the new various tariffs they have, uh, they give you certain discounts. So for the last number of years, it didn't really make a difference when you used your electricity because you had a discount for a year. Now, if you didn't change after a year, it might be different. But if you did change your electricity company uh, every year, you had this kind of a discount whereby it didn't make a difference what time you used the washing machine or the dishwasher if you have one or when you started cooking the dinner or whatever uh, where by now it could go to this routine of electricity will be dearer uh, at peak time and during the day anyhow your views are welcome on that and a lot of people were asking about our own energy resources here in this country and yesterday the Justice Minister Helen McAtee she has said that the liquefied natural gas terminals cannot be ruled out as a means to ensure that energy security Uh, in what would really be a direct clash I suppose with the Green Party that our energy security can be secured here in this country because uh, seemingly they are developing uh, you know the uh, state run LNG terminal in Shannon uh, that that could be reopened again and when Mrs McAtee was asked about that the minister she said that everything really has to be kept on the table so we could see the LNG in Shannon opening again and I think by the way they are talking they are considering that and with all of this going on there is talks behind the scenes seemingly with ministers and senior officials they're expecting another new package of cost of living measures will be needed in the coming weeks and this is to alleviate the continuing rise because we saw rises this week it seems we're going to see more that rises in the next number of weeks so uh, behind the scenes they are looking at this and cabinet ministers have been telling the Irish Times that the government will intervene uh, at some point but what it will be we'll have to wait and see and uh, we discussed on Tuesday NCT or was it Wednesday on the show, NCT, and the problems people were having in getting an NCT appointment. But if they got one, maybe no problem getting an NCT appointment, they got an NCT, but it was cancelled and cancelled because of so many staff shortages within the NCT centres. Well, now, if you do go along with your car and you did receive an NCT, it seems that one third of those who get the national car tests, well, their vehicles have failed on more than one attempt. This is last year, but the reason why? And we have again got this from callers a lot over the last number of years is because poor roads. Yes, indeed, our roads are are not up to scratch. And because there's potholes and because we're driving along and you do your best to avoid a pothole or a bad road surface, but you simply can't do it all the time. You can't do it if you're in a a narrow road with oncoming traffic. And once you go into that pothole, what happens? It damages your car. 
And that is why so many vehicles seemingly are failing the NCT. Uh, some of the reasons uh, for this are front suspension defects were the most common reason for the test failure. Nearly 7% of vehicles were found to be under standards. And also the lights faulty lights, misaligned lights, that's around 6%. And then there's other issues like brake line and, and uh, faulty brake lights, uh, they're around 5 to 4%. But uh, AA Ireland do question the roads and are saying that poorer roads have to be one of the reasons, and it's more or less, I think we'd agree with them, uh, is the reason why our vehicles failed the NCT. And when you look at one of the reasons, the high reasons, suspension and then faulty lights, you hit a puddle, what happens? Suspension. What happens with the lights? They'll go all over the place. Uh, and that's how they become faulty. So uh, I think we can all agree that the faulty lights and the failing of the NCT is mainly down to our poor roads. Would you agree with us on that one? And just touching on what's happening in, in Ukraine and this, reading this this morning in a number of the papers, it's very worrying uh, that uh, Russia now is setting up a string of concentration camps around Kiev where Uh, They're forcing captured Ukrainians to dig trenches and the human rights groups are coming out about this. They're saying that escaped prisoners and relatives of those locked up have revealed the horrors unfolding. And this is happening not in the major cities, but on occupied villages just a few miles north of Kiev. And about 500 people are being made to build uh, these kind of fortresses they're saying whereby then you go in and the people are working then in repairing military gear and I I wouldn't say helping the Russians but really uh, in a way that they have no choice to help them I think they're being held under captive in these kind of housed more or less industrial units and in some of these units the those who have got access have saying that some troops are blindfolded and their hands are bind as well and they're feeding them spare food. So to think that that is happening in those rural villages uh, outside Kiev is just awful. And that news coming over the last 24 hours and I know reporters have been trying to get access uh, to those areas and you'd have seen some, especially on, on the foreign news outlets, but uh, even saying the word concentration camp in 2022, it's just awful that we're even talking about that. Anyhow, uh, just considering what people's views were yesterday on the show, if you heard that regarding Ukrainian refugees coming to Ireland, that is the reality of what is happening on the ground in Ukraine. Our lines are open on 0818 103 103. Bernie taking your calls if there's something you want to discuss on the show this morning or comment on what we're discussing. Or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And I mentioned there about what we could be facing this peak time electricity hike for using electricity during peak times and the kind of daytime and nighttime rates. Well, on that, and it is something I was thinking about when we were giving examples of you know, how would this work? Would you put on your appliances at night time if it was cheaper to run them Uh, but this is a very good point from a listener who says what happens if a dishwasher or a dryer goes on fire during the night and the whole family unfortunately die because of this Uh, the fire brigade always say don't put on these appliances at night and you're correct and even where I am I don't do that Um, or even if you're going out for a walk or anything I just don't do it until until you come back because like a spark would happen somewhere and there we go so you're dead right in what you were saying and I think a lot of people would agree with that Uh, so so that's where the, the cost factor comes in. Most of us won't do that. Well, some people might have no choice, but some people won't do that and they'll run uh, those appliances during the evening or during the day where seemingly it could cost more. Anyhow, thank you for your text and you're, you're totally right in what you were saying there. And John from Moy says... 
On the Cork Footballers, JP, if the team are good enough, they shouldn't mind where they play. We'll be discussing that very shortly. But something else that is not an April Fool's, this uh, news came yesterday from the UK. And this is several Conservatives MPs in the UK. They're pushing for the creation of a Margaret Thatcher Day to celebrate the record of the former Prime Minister of the UK. Now, if we were ever to do something similar here in this country, what Taoiseach would we celebrate who would you have a, a day to celebrate the record of a Taoiseach here in Ireland? Let us know, out of interest, if the UK are looking anyhow at uh, celebrating the work of Margaret Thatcher. Who would we celebrate here in Ireland as a Taoiseach? You can let us know. Text or WhatsApp 086-210-3103. There's always mixed feelings when it comes to Margaret Thatcher and the way she dealt with issues and the way she dealt with people like this. To those waiting with bated breath for that favourite media catchphrase, the U-turn, I have only one thing to say. You turn if you want to. The ladies, not for turning. The Cork footballers are also not for turning. Discussing that next. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103 Parky ring or nowhere remains the case for the Cork senior football panel and management. They made their case clear to the Munster Council following a meeting last night. Our GAA correspondent Finbar McCarthy joins me with the latest. Good morning Finbar. Good morning, JP. And we said we might talk today, and here we are. But at least they stuck to their guns and they're standing by initially what the team and management said. You have to give them that rather than coming out 24 hours later and doing something totally different. Yeah, and I believe um, that they were very, very strong and very adamant on the stance they're about to take, knowing full well the consequence that might come down the line, that if they do not fulfil the fixture in Killarney, if it is the remaining Killarney, they could very well be removed from the championship, as I was explaining yesterday. And my understanding is, if that is to be the case, then so be it. That's how strong and how united they are, both players and management, in their stance in this in this um, saga. And if they don't play the game, if they don't go to Killarney, you're saying they're gone then? Well, uh, that, was, that would be my reading of it. And uh, like, as I said to yesterday, JP, if they play and they're beaten, they go into the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. But if you don't play, you could be, obviously you're given a walkover and they're out of the championship. Now, there's a couple of things to look at here. That wouldn't do Kerry any good, any favours. And when I say Kerry, get going into a Munster final without any game, which they're warm favours to win, win anyway. And also it would kind of sully the championship in, in so far as it would take away from the fact that one team got into the final without playing a game and more, I'd say more likely it would devalue the championship in my opinion. And you have to remember last year Kerry found themselves in a similar position and to their credit, to their eternal credit, they waited and waited until, until Tyrone were ready to play given the COVID situation and then subsequently lost the All-Ireland, lost the semi-final and Tyrone went, to, went on to win it. So I think on balance, Whatever is going on, I think Kerry would rather have a game than rather get a boy into into a monster final. And the hurlers, their fixtures, they're also changed at around the same time because one of their games is going to be in Simple Stadium. That is against Clare, and I mean that's the reason I suppose people might say, well, "What's that got to do with it?" I mean that game isn't going to Innes now. It could be capacity issues for Innes. I'm not too sure, but it's a neutral venue. Would that work for Cork if the game went elsewhere outside of Kerry, for example, Limerick? Now again, I don't know the capacity of that stadium in Limerick or other stadiums, but would it work if they went to a stadium that has a similar capacity, like Fitzgerald? Stadium in Killarney. Well, Limerick has a capacity, something similar to, has has a way bigger capacity. Cork, Cork, Kerry, Wharf, or Limerick and 
and Thurles have the biggest stadiums in, in the province. Clare and Waterford stadiums, the capacity are a lot lower, somewhat similar to what we have in Park Irin. And I think initially the Cork footballers made that argument when they issued, when they sent their letters to the county, the executive of the county board, they felt if it wasn't to be in, that they didn't want to go to Killarney, that it should be played in a neutral venue and park the home and away arrangement for, for this year. I think what's actually annoying them is that on the 4th of March, when the Munster Council sanctioned or finalised their programme of games, they fixed this game for parkering. And I'm repeating what I said now yesterday, JP. They fixed the game for parkering. And it was on the website up until 7 o'clock on Wednesday night that the game was in parkering. Subsequent then, when the CCC had their meeting, it obviously changed because it's not in parkering. And that is the argument that the Cork football players and management are making. Why did they fix it? Why? What happened between the 4th of March last Wednesday night to change. I understand that Cork County Board gave an undertaking that if certain modifications were taken were, were carried out in parking, bring the capacity up to somewhere to 11,000, they would do that and that would be sufficient. No, the Cork, Cork players want to know why why the Munster Council changed their mind. And here's another thing, JP. Yeah. They're taking the match to Killarney because parking doesn't want, won't, in their opinion, won't have the crowd. Now, supposing Cork don't go to Killarney, which they've stated they will not, you could get 10,000 in Parker in if there's no match. It's a big it's financial hit. And I know people will say this is brought about by Cork having concerts. And I understand all that. It is brought about. But why, no, why change the venue two, three, five weeks before they play when all these problems were known back in March? When the original fixtures were making, and that's the argument the Cork football are putting up. Yeah, and Finian making that point about the concert, he's more or less saying what was confirmed first, but the concert was confirmed first because that was confirmed last year. Because he's saying whatever was confirmed first will have to work around the date, but that would be the the football because the concert was well flagged last year. And Timmy says, to be fair, the county board did not decide when concerts are being held in Parky Cueve. They also did not decide what date the Munster football finals and semi finals are to be held. That is to the Munster. Council and uh, while people are there's mixed views about the supporters yeah. some supporters of Finbar are saying they're happy to go to Killarney they prefer that venue because they can park and they find it an easier access compared to Parky Cueve or Parky Ring uh, but then a lot of people are saying the supporters now need to get behind the team you touched on it there you did say if there is no game there's no money for the GAA yeah. if the game was to go ahead in Killarney for example and they, they forced Cork to go I mean, the supporters, should they stand by the team uh, on this one? Why, why some people are saying, we'll go to Clarney. Should they stand by the team? Well, first of all, we all like going to Clarney. No one, no one enjoys a day in Clarney as much as I do, and it's a grand venue. But the Cork footballer's argument is, it is Cork's turn to host a match. And this, this notion about parking in Parky Keeve and Parky Ring, you're always going to have that, no matter what. People are going to make that case. But at the end of the day, if the matches in Parky Keeve or Parky Ring, people will find places to park. That, to me, is not an issue. The big issue here is, why was the match taken out of Parky Ring when, when all these problems were foreseen? I accept the concert. And again, you, you touched on it there, yourself, JP. Concerts, you, you just can't say, oh, we'll have a concert this, uh, this day and we'll play the match another day. Concerts are planned years in advance. These guys have their schedule made out. And we all accept that Cork do need money to pay off the, the debt in Parky Keeve, which, which ultimately will be paid sometime. You and I probably won't be around to see it. But th- this is the Cork footballer's argument. The concert was known. The venue was known. 
So why now change it? And that's all they're saying. If if they if at the start of the year, maybe the monster comes with the poor. The, Probably everybody is at fault here. If you said at the start of your lads, look, we want Cork and Kerry at a big venue. Would Cork forego home and away for this year and then have the next two matches at home? And put that to Cork, but to fix the match for Parky Ring and then change it, that's the crux of the matter here. No, yeah, and there's the one Cork. answer from birth to that is money. I accept that. I accept his money. Hmm. It is money. Yeah. But if if the, the approach here should have been better by all sides, by maybe the Cork County Board and the Munster Council, look, lads, we're going to have a problem with Cork and Kerry this year. Once the draw was made, we're going to have a problem with Cork and Kerry in terms of in terms of the the venue. Maybe say, look, lads, we go to Killarney for this year, and I'm sure if that was flagged months ago, the Cork management and players would have had no issue with it. But no, the change in midstream is the crux of the matter here. And I know I'm repeating myself, but that's what's happening. And communication is the big downfall in this one. Uh, then from another point of view, Ian is in Glamire. Ian saying, look at this from an outside of Cork uh, perspective. He says, the stadium, a lot of the taxpayers' money went into this stadium. Now concerts is going to be held at the pay for this stadium. So the match has been moved to Parky Ring, which has not been sufficiently uh, done up, I suppose, what Ian, the point Ian is making, to fulfil major games. And that that is why the match had to be played to Killarney. The fault, Ian is saying, is, is with Cork, not with anybody else. It's Cork's fault. They have given Parky Cueve over to concerts. Parky Ring hasn't been done up, so it can't fulfil the match. And that's why it's gone to Killarney. So he's saying Cork need to look at themselves, as in the, the county board, I suppose. Yeah, but again, I refer to what the, what was said at last year's convention, the virtual convention, that if, if the game had to be played in Parky, Parky Ring, because of the of upcoming concerts, whatever modifications we need to bring the stadium up to scratch would be done to benefit Cork playing a team. The CEO, in his report, said we have a very young team and we didn't want to be sending it down to Killarney, facing a very experienced Kerry team with huge motivation. And Cork had motivation as well. And he, the CEO, in his report, was adamant that the game would be played in Parky Ring. No, it's taken over his hands. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, sorry. no one has anything against, by the way, Fitzgerald Stadium and Killarney or Kerry. Nothing to do with them. It's more or less to do with the Munster Council and the decision, as you say, why you just changed things last minute. By the way, we did get onto the Munster Council this morning and contact them to see if they would join us on air. Uh, they came back with a statement to say they will not be joining us. No one is available to join us this morning to discuss this. And the Munster Council would not be commenting beyond the statement they issued on Thursday evening. And that statement, of course, we discussed at length yesterday on the show. So, so it seems from that Fimber and from a Cork point of view no one is moving uh, and for the moment it looks like that they won't be going to Killarney so are we saying we're out of the championship? Well the, a lot can happen um, JP between now and when that game is due When you say played. that a lot can happen do you think Cork will travel? From what I'm told no they won't So because what will happen? My, my information I think at the end of the day, I, it's my own view, I mm-hmm. think this match will be played. And in Parky I, Ring? I think it will. I think I hope I'm right anyway. I think it will. I think there's too much at stake for all parties that this game doesn't be played. You remember last year with Kerry and Tyrone, bigger match, All-Ireland semi-final. Ultimately, ultimately, it was played. And I think if this game isn't played, it is a serious setback to Cork football, but it's a bigger setback to the Munster Football Championship, which which isn't that glamorous anymore anyway, given that Kerry have dominated, but this would, wouldn't wouldn't do the Munster Football Championship or the Munster Council any favours if the game wasn't played. And it'll a be big message for the future. Sorry, Femme, what were you going to say there? I said, it, 
it's going to be interesting the next couple of weeks. We can be doing a lot of talking about this, JP, yes. Yeah, oh, I think we will. But the big <laughs> message here, I think, Finbar, to go back to the Munster Council and the County Board and the GAA as a whole is communication because you made a very good point that this was communicated and they decided this at the start of the year. They knew the concert was going on. Ed Sheeran just didn't decide to come to Cork last month. That was well planned last year. So if they knew all of this and they sat down and said, we won't play it in Cork, we'll go to Killarney this year because of the capacity of Parky Ring, this wouldn't be an issue. So they need to communicate for next year. It's something that they need to look at, which you think would be you know common sense, but obviously not. Yeah, and of course, the, the other thing you must remember here, JP, is we are in a different year in terms of the way that the county season is planned. Mm-hmm. Normally, normally Cork and Kerry will be playing in June or July, and I don't know what the situation is, but I know there's other concerts later in the year, I think Westlife are there, or Elton John yeah. or something. Yeah. We're now in, we're talking about May, a May Cork and Kerry match, which is very, very unusual, because of the split season, the inter-county season finishes at the end of July with, with the All-Ireland Finals. Four or five years ago, this mightn't be an issue. If if um, if if Ed Sheeran was on in May, Cork mightn't be playing in June or July against Kerry. But that that's the other factor that comes into play. But I I keep repeating what I said. Everybody knew Ed Sheeran was coming to Cork on whatever date he's on in Cork. I think it's the 29th, Is it the state? I think it is. Yeah, at the end of April, yeah, start of May. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's the twenty ninth. So I I think the big mistake here was made by. All parties, the Cork County Board and Munster Council said, look lads, we, we, we won't be able to host this match in Park Eve. And I, I would think if the Cork selectors knew back in April or March or January or February, whenever the match was fixed, I think it was fixed on the 4th of March, if they knew back then that we'd have to go to Killarney, it wouldn't be an issue. Because Cork yeah. teams are going to Killarney as long as we all remember JP and people as you said everybody likes the day in Killarney and there's always a good rivalry between uh, both teams within Killarney but I think it's it's the issue the way it was handled with uh, we'll wait and see what happens yeah. I think it is something that we will uh, be discussing again over the course of the show next week if things do change for the moment Fimber thanks for joining yeah, us this could morning I, yep. could, can I just make one one final thing you JP about, about Munster Council they're getting a bit of criticism here now hmm. but yesterday they announced that there will be fair Six double headers involving the Camogie and ladies football teams as Corton rested some of these championship games, which is a very positive step as they're talking about integration of the three organisations. Maybe it's a long way down the road, but this is a good move. The first game, Cork and Limerick play in the Parky Keeve, ironically enough, on April the 17th, Easter Sunday at 4 o'clock in the Senior Hurling Championship. And the Corton Razor is Cork and Waterford in the Munster Senior Camogie Championship semi-final and that's a good positive sign and long may that continue so it is. We'll, give Munster, we'll give Munster Council praise for that one It is, it's a fantastic <laughs> sign and it's good to integrate all, all those together under one umbrella uh, Thank you Fimber and we will wait and see what happens regarding the game uh, Fimber McCarthy there our GAA correspondent your views are welcome on 0818 103 103 to Bernie uh, What do you think? Should Cork just leave a go and end up out of the Championship or do you feel like Fimber does that the game will end up being played in Parky Ring? A text or WhatsApp 08 a lot of comments in on that decision by the Cork footballers not to move out of the county and play Kerry in Killarney. We'll get back to those comments after 11. But single-use coffee cups could be grounded and grounded out by 2026 as part of measures to reduce waste. An outright ban on the cups or the so-called latte levy are just some of 
the initiatives in the Circular Economic Bill, which went before the Dáil this week. It will also pave the way for the use of CCTV to detect and indeed deter illegal dumping. Mindy O'Brien is the Chief Executive of Voice, that is the Voice of Irish Concerns for the Environment, and she joins me this morning. A very good morning to you, Mindy. Good morning, how are you? I'm fine and thanks for joining us. Overall, how do you feel about the contents of this bill? I think it takes good steps forward. Um, what it does is it establishes the circular economy strategy, which is a kind of a high-level uh, overview of how do we push more towards the circular economy. And people may not know what this is. So uh, what it is is right now we live in a very linear economy. We extract resources, we use them, and then we throw them away. And we live in a finite world. We don't have overwhelming and unlimited resources. So what we want to do is make sure that when we design products, we design them with the view that they'll be used over and over again, either through reuse or whether repaired or refurbished. And at at the end of the line, at the end of the life, it goes back, it's recycled into a new product so that we reuse materials over and over again. So um, this is the first step, this bill. It it, it establishes levies to affect behavior change, kind of like the plastic bag levy. But it also mandates commercial enterprises, businesses, to make sure they have a three-bin system, because right now they don't. That's not required. Um, and it also establishes CCTV abilities for, for, for local authorities so they can track where people are littering, which is really essential to, to help beautify the landscape and start stop the litter allowed. So it does a lot of good things. We just have to make sure that there's good reporting, uh, good measuring, and to make sure that in the future we, we mandate that there's less plastic in supermarkets, that we, that we really... Um, encourage reuse of things. And you mentioned there the plastic bag levy. I mean, that was enforced and it did work. People thought it wouldn't. It did work. And you were hoping now everything in this bill will be enforced as well. The coffee cups is the big thing that annoys people, especially those working within tidy town groups or those who will go out in the evening and pick up rubbish in their local area because when they're thrown in the ditches out of car windows, they just stay there. They don't disappear. They can be there for years and years. Exactly. And so what we're hoping is It'd be great if we didn't collect any of the levies. The main purpose is to encourage people to reuse cups. Um, we're producing maybe 200 million of these each year. Um, some of them go into bins. A lot of them are scattered on the roads or on the beaches, and as you say, along the culverts of roads. So uh, we want to encourage by putting a 20 cent deposit or, or levy on the cup. Uh, it will encourage both individuals to use their own, but also cafes to offer people to sit in and sip and sip out of a ceramic cup or to establish a rental scheme for cups that you may borrow a cup. If you forgot your own, you borrow a cup and then you return it for your deposit back. So there are all sorts of innovations out there. Um, I know the government's looking to eventually ban the cups, um, disposable cups in the near future. So that's the key. It's just, and, and it won't just be cups. It'll they're going to be looking at takeaway food packaging and other types of plastic packaging. And from the packaging then to something that we have discussed before in the programme and it's really annoying for people when they hear this. First of all, this is the CCTV and the issue that many people have been caught in the act. But when it goes to court, they're claiming everything like GDPR and their images. They didn't, no one had the right to use their images and councils have lost out in court because of this. This will be a game changer if this all goes through that you can now use CCTV to detect and indeed hopefully deter those from illegal dumping in various 
various areas, from the very rural areas in forest to city centres. Exactly, and it will be an, it will be passed. Um, it has huge support in the government uh, to to close this loophole and allow local authorities to use CCTV to capture the license plates. I think they're only going to use limited images to make sure that they don't impinge on people's privacy. But personally, I think if you're throwing stuff away you know, illegally, you don't have a real, um, you don't have a, a, a right to your privacy. Totally, and I think if you're worried about a camera pointing at you, there's a reason why you're worried at it. If if you're doing nothing wrong, you shouldn't be worried of your image being used. And very finally, and you touched on it there regarding what could be done within supermarkets. I know in France that they they have done, I think it's 20% of supermarkets in France, have devoted sections for reuse and refill. It did happen here in a while in some uh, of the supermarkets. They did dedicate areas to this, maybe not as much in the last few years. But is that something we can follow now and maybe implement this more in this bill and follow other EU countries in, in encouraging those to reuse and refill? That's, we proposed that. Um, I was before the Dahl Committee, and the Dahl Committee actually recommended the adoption of that provision that 20% of supermarkets with over 400 square foot um, foot area uh, would have to provide reuse, 20% for reuse and refill, whether for cleaning products or package-free fruit and veg or, you know, fruit nuts and dry goods. But it is not in the bill right now, and I know it's going before the dole, and I anticipate that there may be some TDs that offer amendments to allow this, to reduce the amount of plastic packaging in supermarkets, because I know there's so many people out there just saying, this is just ridiculous how much plastic packaging I'm taking home. So hopefully, either within this iteration or the next iteration, we will you know, require supermarkets to do more to use less. Well, hopefully it will, and we'll wait and see when the bill actually comes into law. But already on text, I can see people welcoming the CCTV development. That'll be a huge and have a huge impact for the entire county. For the moment, Mindy, thanks for joining us this morning on the programme. Thanks a million. That is Mindy O'Brien there, who is Chief Executive of Voice. They are the voice of the Irish concerned for the environment. Your views are welcome. I think a lot of people would welcome those developments. 0818-103-103. Bernie taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And a lot of people have been in touch. Uh, I mentioned this earlier, and this is something that's happening in the UK. And it's not an April Fool's. It's this new story. It came out yesterday in the UK. It's how several Conservatives MPs uh, are pushing for the creation of a Margaret Thatcher Day to celebrate the record of the former Prime Minister of the UK. And I was wondering if we were ever to do something similar here in this country, what Taoiseach would we celebrate? A lot of people are getting involved in this. You can let me know. Uh, text or WhatsApp 0862103103. I'll bring you some of those thoughts after 11. Also thoughts coming in on Cork deciding not to go to Killarney for the Munster football semi-final. We'll get to those comments as well. And on the item there regarding the Coffee Cups, Cove are doing something very interesting. Uh, we'll go to the comment line on what they're doing in Cove as well after 11. Plus we're going to be hearing about the launch of community hubs which will see rural pubs transformed into work hubs as part of a pilot programme. And energy we were talking about earlier in the show and energy costs and we're all trying to save a bit of money well we have an idea to save our spare change now and that idea comes from the students of Skullviragon Small in Blarney and we'll chat to them as well all after C103 News at 11 with Moraid next Cork today until 1 Bernie taking your comments on 0818103103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 if there's something you wish to raise or discuss on the show this morning that we are already discussing JP in for Patricia on 
till one o'clock and very shortly we are going to be hearing about the launch of community hubs which will see rural pubs transformed into work hubs. Now some of these pubs as we know don't open until the evening so the space they have during the day could be used as a working hub under this new pilot scheme. We'll discuss that shortly on the programme. But let's go back to comments from earlier. Uh, This is back to the decision by the Cork footballers not to move from the county of Cork to play Kerry in the Munster football semi-final. Of course it all goes back to the initial arrangements when Parky Ring was chosen as the venue. Then the Munster Council changed that. The Cork players and management last night had a meeting recalling for the decision to be reversed by the Munster Council and as we all know Parky Cueve is unavailable due to the staging of the Ed Sheeran concert. So uh, main, a lot of mixed views initially on this uh, here's some more that have come in first of all John when Finbar our GAA correspondent Finbar McCarthy mentioned about Walsh Park in Waterford John says the same thing will happen in Walsh Park uh, in Waterford because they can't take the crowd either so that's not going to be a solution while another John says I wonder what would happen if the Covid measures were still in place where you could have only 50% at the games what would be the situation then uh, Tom is in Bannonlock and he's asking why don't they play the match a week after the concert well they are because the concert for Ed Sheeran is on the 29th of April and the game is due for the 7th of May so it was due to be a week after the match but it's the work that has to be done to the stadium but mainly the ground the pitch following the concert so maybe why not two weeks after but I think that would have impacted then on fixtures going ahead and that's why they wanted to move it to Parky Ring which was agreed I mean the main thing here is uh, it was agreed for Parky Ring and now last minute they're changing it to Kerry and that's what Cork are annoyed with and a texter here says Hi John Paul It makes no difference Whether the match is played In Cork or Kerry Kerry will win out Over Cork anyway Says that texter While Finn in the city Says Parky Ring Should hold the game Nonsense saying It's not up to scratch 11k capacity Easily caters For any club Cork games As we know From when Parky Cueve Was re- being redeveloped Munster Council Have form on this With St Fembers And Stacks Where they suggested A coin toss Home it away for what was designed or designated as a neutral venue. Ring will hold this game, Finn reckons. The 11,000 capacity may do us fine because Finn, I suppose a lot of people would agree with Finn on this one, Kerry won't travel for a semi-final as they will win anyway and if not then they will watch it on TV. Not ideal for those missing out on home or for those missing out but Finn says but home advantage takes precedence on this Finn in the city. So would you agree with Finn keep it in Parky Ring because of the fact that it has the capacity and I think a lot of people would agree with Finn that Kerry may not travel to the game anyhow Uh, as we know finals are where they travel when they feel they will win the game no no one knows who's going to win the game Uh, but majority of listeners feel Kerry will win the game Uh, but Cork annoyed that the fact that it was marked for Parky Cueve and now here we are uh, a few weeks later let's change it to Killarney that's where the annoyance is coming from uh, John also sent us a voice note on WhatsApp uh, you can do that to WhatsApp 0862 103 103 uh, here's John's comment on a voice note via WhatsApp uh, Good morning JP I actually agree with your last uh, caller there um, it, it's all down to the the Munster uh, uh, County Board you know uh, GA pitches are for for matches only, like Crow Park said, they're only they would never allow soccer into um, 
uh, Crow Park, yet they were able to bring games in, you know, concerts, etc. You know, um, as that last corner said, you know, um, it's it's not that uh, it's all down to the county board. It's just you know bringing in concerts there now. It's just greed, like uh, it's it, it doesn't make sense. Thank you, JP. Bye. Thank you, John. John on a WhatsApp, sending us a voice note. You can do that. Send your voice note to 086-210-3103. If you're on your WhatsApp app on the phone, you can just press the little record button, record your voice note and send your comment into us that way. And have your view heard uh, rather than us actually physically calling out your comment. That is John has done. And do you agree with John that the, you know, the stadium should be kept for the GEA and kept for games? And we're not saying that for everything. Uh, more or less is what John is saying when you see concerts and soccer games taking place as well when it comes to Crow Park. You're Views are welcome on that. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Or you can call Bernie on 0818103103. And then something totally different that was making news yesterday. And this isn't an April Fool's joke. This is happening in the UK. It's some Conservative MPs in the UK. They're pushing for a creation of a Margaret Thatcher Day to celebrate the record of the former Prime Minister of the UK. Now, there's mixed views over there about her records. Uh, maybe it's split between the south of England and the north of England and, and elsewhere. Then, <laughs> But anyhow, if we were ever to do something similar here in this country and celebrate a Taoiseach, who would we celebrate? We asked people to let us know. And interesting results on this. Uh, first of all, Morris is in Middleton. Uh, Morris says if we were ever to do something similar and have a, a day of celebration for a former Taoiseach, he reckons it should be for either Garrett Fitzgerald, Liam Cosgrave or Inda Kinney. Uh, Morris says they're all excellent statesmen. Uh, thank you, Morris from Middleton. And another texter says, well, certainly not Charlie Hockey anyway, but maybe Gareth Fitzgerald and uh, or Bertie Ahern. Uh, and another person here who says, I think Bertie Ahern was a popular Taoiseach as he kept spending the money and pleasing the people until there was nothing left but a Taoiseach that made a huge difference was Michal Martin. The smoking ban alone was a fantastic thing to bring in so to celebrate the day plus he's a Corkman I would honour Michal Martin and Ross saying let's have a birthday day uh, says Ross uh, while Dennis Kay on text says Jack Lynch by a mile if we're going to honour any former Taoiseach it should be Jack Lynch. So your views welcome that's just some of the men if you were honouring any former former Taoiseach of this country who would it be uh, the Conservatives in the UK are looking to do that for Margaret Thatcher not too sure if they will get that over the line there uh, but here interesting to see the mix of names that are coming in if we were ever to do something similar in this country and on washing machines and this is going back to the issue that could be facing us all we all know energy prices are increasing to get around this now there could be changes to how we are all charged for our electricity and this is maybe day and night rates coming in or peak time rates whereby you will be charged for using the electricity at a peak time and that could be uh, between the hours, for example, of when we all come home four or five or six o'clock, between the hours of four and ten, for example, let's say, it could be that time frame. Well, a lot of people then picking up on, that means you're putting your appliances on at night time. That's not good. You know, we're advised by the fire services not to do that because it can cause problems, as we know, and it can cause issues if a house was to burn down, families are asleep. It's not a good idea. And we all agree with that. It isn't a good idea to leave an appliance on when you're either in bed or indeed not in the home. Uh, but on this, uh, Texter here says, good morning, John 
example, washing machines and dishwashers could be put on at maybe 10 or 11 at night or maybe at 6am in the morning when lots of people are still up. Many machines can be put on timers now, so if you didn't feel like getting up too early, it is a mini solution perhaps, but when it comes to saving money and indeed energy, we will have to start thinking well outside the box. So get those thinking caps on, uh, says that person on WhatsApp. And there was somebody else as well on WhatsApp regarding that situation to say maybe they mean after 8 o'clock in the evening to put on dishwashers. And it could be we don't know what they mean by peak time. They haven't given any exact details yet. It's been spoken about at the moment. So maybe it will be uh, a certain time that they'll say, you know, it could be between 5 or 6 and 6 to 8 or something that will be paying more for electricity if they, whatever they decide is peak time. But thank you for your WhatsApps on that. And then on what we spoke to Mindy O'Brien, uh, this new initiative part of the Circular Economy Bill and hopefully uh, when this goes through we will see the CCTV coming into play catching those who do dump illegally but also uh, everybody will be paying more when you go into your local garage or shop or cafe and you take away a disposable cup you could be seeing a 20 cent on top of that for the use of that disposable cup well Burr is in the city and Burr says Hi JP I've noticed that a lot of cafes and more have stopped giving a discount when one uses their own key cup. Uh, yeah, and that has changed initially. Everybody was encouraging that, but it's changed now over the last few years. Uh, thank you, Burr. And Morrison Glanton says he goes for coffee regularly and he asks if they could bring their own cups, but management would not agree. So the shops also need to change their attitude if this is going to work, says Morris in Glanton. Uh, let's go to Cove because Cove Tidy Towns have launched an initial uh, with an idea that they had in 2017 and it's coming back. Let's hear about that. Uh, Hendrik Verway is from uh, Cove Tidy Townsend joins me on the comment line. Good morning to you, Hendrik. Good morning, JP. Uh, tell us about this. This is something that was used in Cove back in 2017 and now you're delighted that you're bringing this back again. It's kind of your own reusable coffee cup. Yeah, it's a very, very stylish cup. Um, it's reusable. It's, it's plastic. Obviously, it's hard plastic. Um, and in 2017, we got a grant from Carcoves Council, uh, an environment initiative, um, so that we could buy cups and sell them at a discounted rate. And in 2017, we sold 500 cups at €5 Euros each. Um, now, some of those cups are still in circulation. You know, when you go for a coffee, you still see them. Some of our volunteers still have them. So they, they lasted particularly well. So we just felt, you know, long before um, we heard the, the, the good news, I suppose, that there's going to be a levy on, on disposable coffee cups, we decided to do this campaign again. So now we have 625 cups and we're actually able to send them at a fiver again um, because I think we sourced them probably slightly better than we did the last time. So they're really nice. These ones have a screw on top and they're not too tall. I suppose if you're buying a keep cup, you need to be sure that it will fit into the coffee machine in the coffee shops. Otherwise, you know, they're using a disposable cup to then decant uh, coffee into your own cup. So that, that kind of defeats the purpose. Um so they'll be going on sale shortly. But we found, we, we surveyed all the coffee shops and cafes and anywhere selling coffee in Cove. And remarkably, every single place that sells coffee in Cove is actually giving a discount. Well, number one, they're allowing you to bring your own cup. And every single one of them are giving a discount um, between 15 and 20 cents per cup. So, you know, that obviously they're saving money on the disposable cup. The environment is benefiting. And you have your cup, you know, you have a lot sturdier cup. You, you have something that's your own. And, and I think our ones are a little bit of a fashion statement as well. They're very, very nice. Yeah, I've seen a picture of them here. Is there a kind of um, a map of Cove or a picture of Cove kind of imprinted on the front of them? 
No, what's on the front is a very clever little logo of Cove Cathedral. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and there's two coffee beans sticking out on either side. So we're going to send you a couple up there, JP. So oh, you do. have one each. So, oh, you're uh, very kind. Well, thank you very yeah. much. We look forward to that. And we'll, we'll <laughs> use it with pride and we'll, we'll, we'll show people Cove when we're out and about with our coffee cups. But it's good to know that in Cove that those cafes are giving a discount because Burr in the city says that she's noticed a lot of cafes have stopped giving discounts when you have your keep cups. So at least in Cove, they are doing that because when they this yeah. comes in if you are just going to go in for your disposable cup and everybody knows they're not great for the environment but if you have nothing with you or you're, you're caught you know you will be facing a 20 cent extra charge for using a disposable cup so mm-hmm. having one of these with you you're also cutting out 20 cents but you're you know you're, you're saving as well in a time where we all need to save money so there's a benefit for the economy and there's an economic benefit to you as well yeah and I suppose another thing that we, we found you know a lot of cafes are now using compostable cups and that's good in itself but if the compostable coffee cup ends up in your regular bin, well, then it's not really doing anything for the environment whatsoever. So we're very lucky in Cove. We have a fantastic uh, litter warden who's not only, you know, trying to stop littering and, and that sort of stuff, but also brings in various initiatives, to, you know, to, to make the whole town more sustainable. And one of those, the promenade, I suppose, in Cove, it's the park and the town in the town centre with the, the bandstand and the big cannon. Um, I suppose that became the social hub of Cove during lockdown. You know, it was the place to go. It was probably the only place, and we were so lucky in Cove to have it. Um, but, you know, it's full of bins, and a lot of people, there's a coffee stall there, truly scrumptious, um, which I suppose came into its own as well during lockdown. And they use compostable cups. But I suppose the thing is, you know, if, if it ends up in a regular bin, well, then it's, it's no good. So the mm. litter warden in Cove has, has an initiative in place, just launched last week, where there's bins behind the toilets, there's a composting bin, so obviously the coffee grounds can go in there, but the compostable coffee cups can go in there. And I suppose it's important to, to point out as well that you don't stack them into each other, but then you don't compost as well. Um, there's a bin there for glass, there's a bin there for cans, and, you know, so I suppose it's the first step. I suppose what we'd really like to see is every single bin, every single litter bin in the town having segregated units in it so that people can recycle like they do at home. That would be the ideal situation, but this is the first step, and I suppose, you know, it could create awareness that a compostable coffee cup isn't much good. You know, it's costing the it's costing the cafes more money, and um, but it's not really saving the environment if it just ends up in a regular bin as well. So that's another good thing. And I heard um, about the mention of repair cafes as well. And again, you know, a couple of years ago in Cove, there was a repair cafe held in the Sirius Art Centre, and it was a hive of activity on a Saturday morning. And um, bicycle repairs, I suppose, was the big one, but there was you know, the way the top of a, a table lamp can fall off and some people wouldn't feel confident to, you know, to put it back together. So there was someone there fixing that sort of stuff. Sewing machines, I think there was three sewing machines whizzing all morning long. Um, and that's happening again in Cove in, in St. Benedict's Primary on the 30th of April coming up. So, you know, there's plenty of opportunities for people to, I suppose, become more sustainable and, you know, work towards a circular economy. I know it's kind of a, a little bit of a big word, but I suppose... You know, what people really remember is reduce, reuse and recycle. True. Um, And I love that idea of the repair shop. That's a fantastic idea that's going to go ahead there on the 30th of April, as you mentioned. It's a really good idea. And hopefully that other towns, you know, are hearing now what you're doing and they may follow. I know Clonakilty had a similar setup a few years ago. uh, But on the bin issue, I mean, that that would be fantastic if, if you could get more of those segregated bins in Cove and then other towns may follow. I think that would make a huge difference. Uh, Hendrik, well done. It's very forward thinking uh, in Cove and some would say maybe it's something we've done many years ago in this country, 40 or 50 years ago, coming back into fruition again for the environment. But uh, many thanks for joining us and letting us know what you're doing in Cove this morning. 
Thank you very much. Take care. That is Hendrik Fur with a uh, joining us from Cove Tuddy Towns and what they're doing in very forward thinking. Uh, the bins it is just fantastic, and what they're doing with their own uh, cups as well. There, the um, keep cup, as a lot of people call them. Uh, hopefully, more towns will get involved, and I, I know some are already doing uh, issues and and uh, incentives like that. Your views are welcome. Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. You can text or WhatsApp oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. And on the way, we will talk about the launch of community hubs under this new pilot scheme and before one o'clock your chance to win with the Celtic Ross Hotel located in stunning Ross Carberry they're celebrating 25 years in business we've been giving away some amazing prizes all week and today you could win yourself a taste of the real West Cork it's two nights day with dinner on one of the nights at the Celtic Ross Hotel in Ross Carberry I will give you a question based on an event in the last 25 years if you get that right then you could be heading along what a beautiful day it will be there well I am there later on we're broadcasting live from seven o'clock but if you were staying there what a beautiful weekend it would be blue skies uh, trips to the local beaches so much to do on a weekend in Ross Carberry that question on the way shortly with thanks to the Celtic Ross Hotel celebrating 25 years of hospitality in Ross Carberry see CelticRossHotel.com C103 Jobs with Munster Technological University enhance your career prospects with MTU's range of full-time part-time and professional courses succeeding together with MTU.ie McCarthy House and Home in Douglas Court Shopping Centre require a general operative with forklift experience and a full driving licence. Email to phickey.douglas at gmail.com Longville House in Mallow is recruiting restaurant waiting staff. You can send your CV to info at longvillehouse.ie and Vodafone sales assistants are wanted for Bandon and Clonacilty. Email your CV and a cover letter to hr at kerryphonecenters.ie these jobs and more online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. With more people deciding to work from home and avail of a hybrid work system, many communities try to set up work hubs so people could be located in a local village or town and work from that centre. Now a new pilot programme is being set up and Cork North West Deputy Andreas Monaghan joins me on this. Good morning to you, Andreas. Good morning, John Paul. Uh, first of all, this new pilot programme is designed to support rural pubs and we know that some pubs have closed, unfortunately, but many are open still and many open in the evenings only, which means the space during the day could be used as a workplace. That's right. That's right, yes. I've been raising it with the Minister for some time, the way that rural communities have been under massive pressure and that they would be losing services. And at the same time, the way that you have the creative, enterprising people many of them publicans, and they want to serve the community in different ways. And like you're saying there, there's an opportunity there where there's, um, you know, space and time in, in many pubs. Um, like the same people that will be running them, they've already over the years diversified. They might be hosting uh, coffee mornings or food or meeting rooms in different different ways. But like there, there's an opportunity there, I think, that maybe that they could set up a digital hub or a community cinema or book clubs or different um, social outlets for their own local community in the area uh, that's available. 
and the minister, and it's part of the uh, our rural future plan uh, for to to support um, to support publicans, but or to to support communities uh, and uh, to try and um, fill those gaps in services. And you know, like you mentioned there as well, people are more inclined to be working from home. They might be out in rural area where there might be great broadband, and at the same time inside in the village where there's a space and broadband, you know, there's a good opportunity to set up um, a facility there. Um, And this this pilot then, it's being run in a number of uh, five bases across the the country and it would inform uh, a wider plan then afterwards. It's being run in in Cavan, uh, West Kerry, or sorry, East Kerry, uh, West Cork, Donegal, uh, West Donegal and uh, West Cork as well and West Clare, and that they would uh, give 50000 to the Vintners Federation for to work with publicans in those areas then for to put in place uh, the likes of a digital hub or a community cinema or a book club or whatever uh, would suit in that locality. And it would help the community having the extra facility. It would also keep the, the pub or the, the business um, operating more viably uh, locally then as well. And is it the money will, as you say, goes to the vintners and then they will pass the money on to the pub owner, is it? That's right. They're going to select uh, one in one pub in each of those different regions and uh, they, they can select up to six uh, for the pilot uh, and then that they would support them in putting in place uh, whatever was agreed with that local community. So it might be recognised that a digital hub would suit in one particular region uh, and that there would be a number of people who are working uh, independently in their own home, um, that they would have the opportunity to come in and you know that there would be the social interaction as well and the swapping of ideas uh, and business contacts. So there's a lot of benefits in it. Uh, other places might be more inclined towards um, arts and crafts or a, a book club or possibly even a, a community cinema. So it, it depends on what's required locally in the area and they have the flexibility to, to, to take that pilot scheme, whatever requirement is in their own community. And I know during the height of the pandemic and closures within the hospitality sector, the Crossroads Bar and Buttervent was one of the pubs in North Cork that provided a facility like this. And you mentioned there about, you know, you're living in an area where broadband might be poor. It could be good in the village or town, but not where you're living. Also, networking, as you touched on, if everybody's rather than sitting at a kitchen table working, if you go to an office, at least you feel you're going to somewhere. But that office doesn't have to be your own office. It could be one of these work hubs and you could even have a networking event there. Uh, that will bring maybe a, a massive company you're working for that is only based in the likes of you know Cork City, Dublin or London into a very rural village in North or West Cork. It, it could change the enhancement of the village as well in the long run because that company might get involved in, in maybe sponsorship opportunities. So there's a bigger picture here. There's there's so many different opportunities as you've outlined there. It brings people who are maybe with the, the multinational the opportunity to work at home and as you say the uh, bringing that company into that community and possible sponsorship. Also, people who might be setting up in business instead of being isolated, working uh, in their home place, uh, that they would be inside in a place where others might be setting up business and that they will be able to exchange contacts and ideas and learn from one another, uh, almost like a hotbed. Mm. Um, so th- there's a lot of opportunities and benefits in it. Um, and uh, the very often it'll be, if there is broadband in the area, it'll likely be more available 
and stronger in the in the village. Uh, and you know, to to take advantage of that opportunity, the the space, um, the people will be familiar with coming in to into the village as well. Uh, but also uh, the opportunity that, like, and I know lots of people who will be working at home. The isolation is a big issue as well. Um, and the opportunity to, at the end of the day, close the door and walk out and go home and be away from work as well, um, that, that they are significant as, uh, aspects of it as well. That are, and I think there's a real opportunity with this pilot to, to put it in place, the likes of those hubs, or whether it's a cinema that might be recognised as a need in another community, or whatever it is, and that that would inform then, uh, this pilot would inform then the the wider uh, programme that could be brought forward after. And while the vintners are receiving the money from the state for this pilot programme, Andreas, is it only pubs can benefit of this? What if there's maybe a community hall or, or something that the community use, a building? Uh, could they be included in this in the future? I, I think all those opportunities are there because, recall, not every publican is part of the vintners as well. So, like, this, this is just taking a snapshot uh, and, like, the they, that it should be opportunity there for to broaden it out. We've seen already where a number of community halls have been identified part of those digital hubs. There could be uh, a lot of things learned from it and that we could see that there are opportunities for doing it in uh, in so many other places other than publicans. But it's just a, a snapshot that's there with, uh, with this pilot so that it would inform then the, the wider programme that would be brought forward afterwards. Well, it's a, it is a good idea as many companies, I think the majority of companies across the, the country, it obviously depends on your profession and, and on what you work as, but if it's something that can be done not in the office you're in and can be done at home, most are offering hybrid solutions now and most people are working either three days at home and two in the office and even the civil service are getting that opportunity. So I think this could be something that will work and also keep those who left their local areas or wanted to live in a rural area and could not because of their work they can now live. So we could see enhancements again of rural areas uh, which we were missing a lot over the last 20 years or so because there was a push on to go to the cities uh, and now that is changing. Before I let you go Andreas, uh, a lot of calls in this morning, we discussed this all week, you'll be well aware I'm sure uh, of the families and, and everybody who was facing hikes in electricity and energy costs, Electric Ireland delicious to announce these increases. Uh, this morning in a number of the papers they are saying that families could be paying higher now uh, and higher rates of electricity in particular uh, up to 50% during peak times. Now I don't know what the peak times they mean is but are we going to see maybe something like day and night rates coming in and we'll be using certain appliances at different times and not peak times to see can we cut down electricity use and, and, and demand for electricity? Is that on the cards? I think I think really that um, people have been getting so much pressure from the electricity companies. I think it's very unfair the way that they've been, for example, pushing up the standing rate and they really need to to work with uh, people uh, for to put in place some realistic like we we understand that they're paying more for for gas for to generate the electricity they really need to work with the government and with people for to make sure that you know that that there's a realistic plan there uh, if it is um having a better rate for off peak uh, or um you know whatever the option would be, that the electricity companies really need to, to be more cooperative on it because people are under pressure. Um, and like 
it seems that there's that there isn't a let up on it. Um, so it's hugely important that they would really uh, sit down and put together a realistic plan on it. Uh, off peak, it's, it, there's a real opportunity there for to have a lower rate uh, for people. And the smart meters have been installed in many, many places around the the, the country. Now, I know there was a, a focus on businesses um, initially with those smart meters, but many people have them, uh, and that there is an opportunity for to give people uh, a reduced rate on the units in the um, at the off peak time, but also on the standing charge because it's, I, I don't. I think the the electricity companies have been very unreasonable increasing the standing charge uh, because like even if you stop using electricity, switch it off altogether, you're being hit with that price. Like, yeah. that, that that's very unfair, and especially when people, when there is such pressure on people. Yeah, true. Regardless, if you do nothing with your electricity, you're charged for 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 it anyway from that charge. But also, uh, the ministers and senior officials, seemingly according to the Irish Times today, they are meeting, and even though we're being told that no new package and no new help will come from government, that they can do all they can do for the moment, uh, there is considerations underway. Are you aware of that? And Do you know what likely is to be announced in the next coming weeks to alleviate the pressure from households? Yeah, I know that there that there are a lot of efforts going on in the background. We we know that that conversation is going on with Europe as well on the on the VAT uh, rate, um, and the, that that conversation is going on for to to try and put together a further package for people uh, because there there is phenomenal pressure on so many people uh, with just not not just electricity but just transport, day to day food. Um, so many different ordinary day-to-day cost of living uh, and there there is work going on in the background far to bring forward something uh, additional on it uh, but there aren't any details available on that yet it's not finalised uh, well, we'll wait and see what comes up from that and those meetings for the moment uh, Andreas thanks for joining us this morning on the programme that is Cork North West Deputy Andreas Moynihan your views are welcome 0818 103 103 and do you agree with these community hubs the vintners will receive the money and they will then send that money to the various bars in their region and they will be used as work hubs during the daytime when the bars are not serving alcohol and within that then hopefully those who are on are able to work hybrid they can stay in the local communities and they don't have to be sitting at their kitchen table they can actually physically go to an office be that a working hub and work from there uh, your views welcome text or whatsapp 086 2103 and what we touched on electricity and costs and all of that there uh, we are going to continue that but on how if you have spare change wouldn't it be nice to put it into a, a money box but not an ordinary money box we'll hear uh, something more about this from a Skullvira gone small because students in that school in Blarney have come up with a very novel idea we'll speak with them next Court today on C103 call Patricia with your comment 0818 103 103 now we just mentioned about energy costs on the increase and people are trying to save money well we have a novel idea here how maybe you can put away that loose change and it's coming from students in Blarney Emily Toomey and Emer Hinchin have founded a transition year mini company called Save for Change and both students are from Skull Viragon Small in Blarney and they both join me this morning good morning to you both Good morning, hi. Hi, and I'll start with you, Emily. First of all, this is is a fantastic idea and many people will think it's a money box, but we're talking more about a money box here. Just tell me about the design and where you got the idea from. Um, So our product is a saving box, but it's different because we um, 
you come up with the idea of separating the coins like as you go. So there's different compartments for five cent, ten cent, twenty cent, fifty cent, one euro, and two euro. So they're all divided, and you can see the money build up because there's um, a clear front and back. Um, we got the idea because we were just talking about how we always have money kind of lying around, and everyone has money under beds or on windowsills. And um, we decided to come up with a convenient idea that was keep your money all together, and you could save it up then over time. And while people say, you know, cash isn't as frequent as it is anymore, people still use cash. And if you're maybe if you're going for a meal or going to the bar, you might use cash rather than cards. So you will still have change in the pocket. And I like the compartments you mentioned there, because if you're ever going to the bank with the bags and transferring the money from, from cash to notes, you're trying to separate out your five cents and your 10 cents and your 20 cents. But that's done for you with this. Yeah, that's the whole kind of concept of the idea that it's done for you as you go, so you don't have to spend hours sorting it out then and put it into the bag. And who produced these boxes? Um, my dad helped us produce the first one, but then we got on to the local men's shed in Blarney at Christmas time, and they um, began to help us make them. But now, this week, we've gone into mass production, so we're after teaming up with the Waterloo Joinery in Blarney, and they're producing them now for us. Oh, well done. You've done a lot in the last few months. Uh, that's a real uh, a, a real marketing initiative there by, by you guys. And uh, I'll bring in Emer here. Uh, hello to you, Emer. Hello. Uh, you took part, uh, both of you, that is, with this in the Cork City Student Enterprise Programme. Uh, the final was held in UCC. And by the way, congratulations, you, you won this. And the reason we're chatting today is you're going forward to the National Student Enterprise Awards final. This is the national final this coming May. And is there criteria you have to meet then to, to reach this far? Obviously, you've won in Cork City. Uh, is there a certain criteria now going forward to reach the national and to achieve a win nationally? And is that why maybe you're going into a bigger production? Yeah, exactly. We we must get shortlisted soon. As the top five get through to Helix and Dublin. That's one we're working at. We're working really hard just to get our product out there, promote it more, and make um, a video actually that's due next week. And when I mentioned there about the promoting saving habits among people, it's really for all ages. Are you hopeful that even children who are learning about money, this will give them a good indication of how to be good with money? Yeah, exactly. Recently, we went over to the Blarney Primary School to help promote it and to teach children the importance of saving. But as you said, it's for people of all ages as well. And when I was speaking to Emily and she was mentioning that the local men's shed now is producing these for you and you're, you're up in production, uh, you're going to sell these products now, aren't you, locally as well? And, and what's the cost for these? And I suppose, will the money be put back into the company? Yeah, so the retail price is €25 Euro for a box and the money goes straight back into the company. Um, and we're putting them now into Centra and Blarney so people can buy them more easily there and it's up on Dundee as well. Okay, and I'll bring back in uh, Emily again there because Emily's dad was making the, the first box there, Emily. Uh, how long yeah. did it take your dad to produce the, the first money box? Um, well, it took the first one about maybe an hour and a half or two hours because we were trying to get the design right and exactly how we wanted it. But over time then, we kind of developed a system where we did multiple at a time, so... We got them done then at a faster And what's your dad? By the way, what's your dad's name? Jerry. <laughs> and what, what, what did he make of the idea of separating it into 5, 10, 20 cents? Because he, he obviously had to, had to make this and it wasn't a simple box to make. There was compartments. Yeah. Um, we just kind of did a bit of trial and error and hmm. just kind of to see what we could come up with. And 
um, making the divider, the, the polycarbonate was kind of the easiest option and um, the most suitable. So that's what we went with then in the end. Well, well done to both of you. It's a fantastic idea, very novel idea as well. And I hopefully in the national final, you've outlined there the reasons you've gone forward and, and, and what you need to win. So hopefully you will win for Cork City at the national final. Best of luck to you both and Thanks best of luck with your mini company. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. That is uh, both Emily Toomey and Emer Hinchin, founders of their mini company Save for Change. And they're both students of Skullvirig on Small in Blarney. And it's a really good initiative. And as people uh, have still, you know, people still use cash and you have change and everybody is trying to put change into a bottle or into something. Well, at least here you're supporting a young company that will hopefully, you know, lead to, to good in the future. But also you can separate out your coins and you can save money and you can see the money you're saving. So while we're we're all trying to save money. Uh, it is a good initiative from the school. And the best of luck. It's great to see young people doing well. You know, we get so many calls here. People have, a, uh, not all now in fairness, but some people have different views on the young and it's fantastic to see young students coming up with initiatives like this. So well done to them all there in Skullvirigon Small in Blarney. Our lines are open 0818 103 103. Bernie, taking your comments or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Can- it's JP in for Patricia right through until one. Bernie, taking your views and comments on 0818103103 by phone. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 and a lot of commentary in still on what we discussed at the start of the show. This is in relation to the fact that the Cork senior footballers have hit back basically at the Munster Council and Munster GEA last night and they're saying they will play their Munster Football Championship semi-final in Parky Ring and nowhere else. Now the game of course was moved initially from Parky Cueve uh, because of the Ed Sheeran concert and then when they had selected the Parky Ring venue a few weeks ago they decided no we want to move it to Killarney. Why? Because there's more capacity in Killarney. The capacity at Parky Ring is too small and the Munster Council basically have removed home advantage from Cork and that is what is annoying the players and management the fact that the home advantage is gone. If this decision was made at the very start of the year when the decision was made to have the concert in Parky Cueve, fine, but not only a few weeks out. Uh, that's what is annoying uh, the Cork team and indeed the management and a lot of views on this. First of all, uh, this is from Dan, who says, On attendance is JP, and this can be checked out, last year's Cork to Kerry match in Killarney had about 12,000 in attendance. So would it make any difference? But then I suppose in changes and just leave it in Parky Ring. Uh, when the attendance there the capacity is roughly around that even though they're saying it's about 9,200 uh, in Parky Ring when they something to do with uh, it's 11,000 I think but it's something to do with safety anyhow uh, thank you Dan for your text on that while John is in Ballyclaw he says they should take it as an opportunity to gain experience for the team it is the manager's job to train his team leave the fixtures up to the authorities says John in Ballyclaw while somebody on text saying it will make no difference where it is played as Kerry will win unfortunately it's typical of GAA greed look at the FAI as well all up to their necks in debt and constantly looking for hands out we're just a disgrace on every level it seems the bigger the gangster you are the more respected you are says that person on text a good point Uh, well done to the Cork team for taking a stand says this person regarding the game it should be in Parky Ring or a neutral venue plenty of capacity in Parky Ring and that listener Describes they to say I'm a Kerry listener to your show, so I agree with the Cork team for what they have done. A neutral venue, so a Kerry listener by text to 0862103103. And then earlier I was mentioning the fact that in the UK, Conservative MPs uh, there 
are pushing for the creation of a Margaret Thatcher Day to celebrate the record of the former Prime Minister of the UK. Now, some in the UK would have mixed views on Margaret Thatcher, not to mind her record, especially if you look at England alone, uh, north and south, there's different views, especially in the mining communities. But if we were ever to do something similar here in this country and have a special day uh, to celebrate the record of one of our uh, former Taoiseachs of this country, who would we celebrate? Uh, well, we asked you earlier on in the show and a lot of people have mixed views on this. Bertie Hearn was mentioned earlier by listeners, now are, are picking these obviously, by a number of listeners. And then we got Helola Texan, similar to this one, who said... Who said Bertie Hearn JP should be honoured? He lied through his teeth and broke the country. Get real. <laughs> a lot of people were angry when Bertie got a mention. Uh, interesting though that Bertie did get a mention. You wonder, uh, had charisma a role to play with that? Uh, because a lot of people did text and Bertie Hearn. Uh, but then on the other, the flip side of that is, people were looking at his record and saying, no, he should not get it. But then I suppose, as uh, Emily says, I think Bertie is a mixed bag. Emily says, I, I disagree with what he did to the country, but he did bring peace with Northern Ireland. He was one of the final few who was negotiating with peace and we can never forget that so he should be remembered for that anyhow and no matter what he did economically to the country or what people make of him we cannot forget the peace agreements he worked on uh, says Emily on WhatsApp to 086 210 3103 another mention uh, is for Sean Lamas a great statesman says that text person while Tom Inrath Cormac says anyone from the Fianna Fáil party should get a special day says Tom uh, Tom feels that no other party uh, did ever any good for the country that's Tom's view uh, on uh, phone to 0818103103 some of your ideas across the morning on if we were to honour a Taoiseach in this country who would we honour uh, following that proposal in the UK on having a special day to celebrate the record of their former Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher uh, your views are welcome on the issue of cups then and this was reusable cups and it's all going back to the new initiatives being brought in by the government it's under a circular economy bill and this bill went before the doll this week and basically it will pave the way for the use of CCTV, which everybody was welcoming at this stage, the fact that uh, CCTV can now be used and hopefully when this goes through will be used to detect and deter illegal dumping. And while everybody welcomes that, then there's mixed views on the coffee cups because you'll be paying an extra 20 cents if you do go into your local cafe and get a takeaway disposable cup. And we did hear from Hendrik Verway, who rang in the show from Cove Taddy Towns and what they are doing. They are producing their own keep cup and they have a number of initiatives across Cove then to, I suppose, get people to reuse items and to recycle properly, even having segregated bins, public bins in the town. So you have a recycle bin, a refuse and a compass bin like we all would have in our own homes. Well, on that, a texter saying, if we are being forced to use our own cups for takeaway beverages, the shops and outlets should be made provide a washing facility for reusable cups as I would consider this a health issue while another text around this this is Marion and Douglas who says I agree we should be using keep cups but my fear is as we all usually push a button and underneath that is a kind of a tab or a kind of a tap says Marion whereby the coffee or tea comes out so you know when you put your cup under the machine there is a kind of a tap I suppose or whatever you'd call it a nozzle and that's where the coffee will go into your cup Marion, similar to the last text, are making a good point on the health issue. 
What if someone brings in a dirty cup and then is touching the cup off the nozzle? How healthy is that considering we are in a pandemic and we're all being cautious and looking after ourselves at the moment? Uh, is that not an issue with the, the disposable cups? Uh, Marianne in Douglas, thank you for your text to 0862103103. Well, Tom is in Yall and Tom says in any little, uh, they have coffee machines in their stores and you can use your own cup. So that's uh, another way that can be done and a lot of stores are doing that uh, whereby you can use your own cup. We had calls earlier from people in the city areas who say they, they don't let you use your own cup, some cafes, and then others where they used to give a discount, they don't give a discount anymore. Now that was from callers in the city centre areas in Cove when we spoke to Hendrick he said in Cove the cafes are giving a discount if you use your own uh, keep cup they give you 20 cent off or 15 cent off depending on where you're going for using your own cup so it really depends where you are going when it comes to reusable uh, coffee cups but that law coming in uh, and should be in place over the next few weeks part of the uh, circular economy bill uh, but I think everybody is welcoming the fact that now uh, CCTV will be used uh, to deter and indeed uh, detect illegal dumping because how many times have cases got as far as court and are thrown out because people are saying you can't use my image you had no right to uh, go along and record me uh, but if you're doing nothing wrong I'm sure no one minds being recorded if you're not up to anything dodgy anyhow uh, that's coming through over the next few weeks. Uh, working from home we discussed with Andreas Moynihan the Cork North West Fall deputy this is how community hubs are being launched soon in rural areas mainly and it's how pubs are going to be transformed into these work hubs so bars that don't open until the evening uh, the daytime space will be used as a work hub and um, some people think this is a great idea some people have different views on this but here's one from Ellen uh, who is working from home for the last two years Ellen says I think this is a fantastic idea I work from home and I am now in the office two days a week but three days from home under an agreement with my company uh, but I work from my kitchen while my children are at school but I feel like my whole life now uh, revolves around the kitchen I'll be getting dinner when I finish work I'm putting on the washing and then I'm doing work around the kitchen when the children are are at home or doing their homework so I'm constantly feel like I'm living in the kitchen and everything is happening in the kitchen going someplace like a hub is a great idea for someone like me plus it also brings network opportunities while I'm busy at home at work on my own I don't need distractions but still it would be nice to be leaving the house in the morning and going to a workplace and having someone at some stage to have a quick chat with or knowing there's others around me. Everybody is busy enough in workplaces these days so chit-chat and distractions is not really an issue anymore. Uh, But for Ellen, I think it's a great idea and for her, she certainly would be using that if it comes into her area just for some place to go rather than going into the kitchen where you're going to spend the rest of your day as she says she does. At least she can leave the house, do her work and go back like she is doing when she's going to her workplace two days a week. Ellen, thank you for your call on 0818103103. And Morris is in Middleton and Morris has a different uh, opinion than Ellen. Morris says, it's a pure and utter nonsense that TD is talking about. There is a lot more serious issues that he should be working on. This is so silly, says Morris from Middleton on the working from home. So different views on that and your view is welcome. Electricity, the electricity increases we touched on as well this morning on the programme. 
And the issue hasn't been totally agreed yet, but there will be some change to electricity use from day, night time or peak periods. You'll be paying more if you're using electricity at peak times and the peak time must be ironed out yet. Uh, But we do presume it's going to be in the evening. Uh, John saying, JP, when we discussed the standing charge earlier, and this is the charge that Andreas Moynihan mentioned when I spoke to him and maybe all uh, companies need to look at this, electricity companies, because if you switched off everything in your house, you still would receive your electricity bill with that standing charge and John saying JP the one reason for this standing charge and it rising by 30% is to pay for the expensive smart meters installed in our homes someone has to pay for these and as usual it is the end user says John on text to 0862103103 and we had a call in earlier as well and Bernie is looking into this behind the scenes Uh, now the lady that rang us is quite upset so she's not going to join us on air but this is her story and this kind of with everything going on in the world I think this puts everything uh, into perspective this is Esther who uh, rang the programme earlier Um, Esther's husband has terminal cancer and he's going to the Mercy several times a week uh, for treatments and they have to use a taxi to get him from where she's living in a city suburb to uh, the Mercy in the city centre now it's costing a fortune and she can't afford to heat her house or pay the bills at the moment due to the cost of taxis and everything else now that's coming into the house. We all are, are seeing the bills increase as I've just discussed there. Uh, Esther herself then has her own health issues and she will be due for a bypass shortly but she says the stress that she is under is just getting too much for her. On top of everything else going on then unfortunately recently enough she lost her mum and she is still paying for the funeral costs for her late mum. And she says everything now is just getting on top of her and she can see no light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, Well, Esther, first of all, uh, our condolences to you on the loss of your mum and uh, and on your husband. We we do wish him well in his treatment. And I know you say he has terminal cancer, but we do hope the treatment is going well for him. And it's a lot that is going on at the moment in your households and indeed for yourself, because everything is is falling on top of you with, with what you're describing there. And we have heard it over and over again. And we've been discussing it this morning and every day this week, touching on the energy costs and the effect that's happening. That uh, survey from the Irish Daily Mail I mentioned at the start of the show showing that people are struggling. 55% of people in that survey before Electric Ireland announced the increase on on Tuesday are struggling uh, with their uh, payment for their bills. So Esther, you're not alone on that one. Everybody is is unfortunately struggling to pay their bills. And when you say you can't afford to heat your home and pay the bills, I, I would, if you can, uh, contact your electricity provider because they will work with you on that. And many of them are working with their customers to deal with ways that you can pay when you can pay or to set up different payment methods. And, and they won't cost you off, you know, initially when you can work something out. But I would certainly contact your electricity provider um, heating the house then I'm not too sure if it's a gas if the area you're living in would have gas so maybe it's gas you have or coal uh, but I know on the issue of the taxi service to and from the Mercy we have contacted the Irish Cancer Society who do run a service whereby they take patients from various areas of Cork uh, to various city hospitals for treatment Bernie has been speaking with the Irish Cancer Society and the person she's speaking with uh, is going to touch base with you you and we're going to ring you back Esther later again in the afternoon uh, so hopefully that will alleviate the stress of the taxi costs to and from the city centre and uh, 
the, the electricity company uh, we will you know, hopefully get that detail later from you as well but I would contact for yourself because the, uh, even if we contact them they will have to speak to you um, that you can arrange some payment if it's something you just can't afford at the moment they will work something else considering what you're going through uh, they do work with genuine cases so um, Esther we're thinking of you and the very best of luck and we are working behind the scenes on those issues uh, but again it is it is a very stressful time for you what you're going through there and the very best of luck uh, to both you and your husband in what is a trying time and it just puts everything into perspective doesn't it and what is happening in the world at the moment uh, our lines are open 0818 103 103 and you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 the Celtic Ross Hotel in the competition who will win uh, we'll find out next The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie Ahakira Drama Group they present the play Drinking Habits in Clondrodge Community Centre that's going ahead tonight at 8 o'clock tickets are on sale at the door on the night the West Cork Grow Remote monthly coffee event that is taking place at the moment in Ludgate Hub in Skibbereen and a charity tractor truck and car run in aid of Clagaw National School is taking place on this coming Sunday they'll be leaving Banlascarthy at 12.30pm and you can register there the registration's open at 11 a.m. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. And all this week, we're giving you a chance to win with the Celtic Ross Hotel located in stunning Ross Carberry, celebrating 25 years in business. All week, we've been giving away amazing prizes like afternoon tea. We had leisure centre membership, dinner and overnight stays. What a beautiful day to have afternoon tea today or indeed have an overnight stay in the Celtic Ross with the sun shining. You can check out the beaches nearby and indeed travel uh, to nearby Clonakilty, Skibbereen or wander around the village of Ross. Well, uh, somebody who is going to enjoy the taste of the real West Cork, a two-night stay at the hotel with dinner on one of the nights. Well done. The answer is, well, the question first. In 1999, 500,000 people bought shares in a popular Irish company. We asked you to name that Irish company. And of course, it was Telecom Aaron or Aircom. Uh, so we took either Telecom Aaron or Aircom. And well done to Patrick Hayes from Grenada. You are going along to enjoy a real taste of West Cork with a two-night stay and dinner on one of the nights at the Celtic Ross Hotel celebrating 25 years of hospitality in Ross Carberry. See CelticRossHotel.com and more ways to win here at C103 across the weekend and indeed across the week and then Patrick enjoy your stay in Ross Carberry and across this weekend from Donegal to Cork a number of people will be heading up hills and mountains and they'll be climbing on the climb for Charlie that of course is for Charlie Bird uh, all the proceeds going to the Irish motor neurone disease and indeed to paint a house and so many of them organised here in the Cork area and best of luck there's so many I won't get through to mention every single one but we are mentioning them across today on our community diary so you will hear them across the afternoon but best of luck to all the organisers and everyone uh, who is organising and indeed attending and going and climbing on those walks. We did speak with Jonathan Healy from uh, the Irish Motor Neurone Association on a Tuesday show and we were discussing the various events that are taking place so we do wish everybody well uh, over the weekend on the climb for Charlie and I know uh, all uh, Charlie's former RTE news correspondents and indeed a number of journalists and just people in general that he would have worked with and touched to over the years uh, they all want this including Charlie himself to be 
a joyful and a celebration uh, type of day and that's what I think it will be so best of luck to everybody across Cork and indeed wherever you are going uh, climbing for Charlie this weekend the best of luck to you now still a number of comments coming in regarding the GAA situation uh, John in Blackpool saying when you're discussing that uh, situation with Cork refusing to go to Kerry why can't the Kerry players say that we will play in Parky Ring uh, says John in Blackpool oh, I suppose it's you know as Finbar said it's, it's not their call really and no, nobody is anything against by the way going to Clarny it's just the way this was decided the, the big thing here is the way they decided uh, last minute they were changing from Parky Ring to Killarney that's what the, the team and management are unhappy about the last minute decision when everybody knew Ed Sheeran was going to be in Parky Cueve uh, that was well uh, planned from last year so I suppose they don't want to be bringing Kerry into it. It's nothing to do with them and it's not their fault either. There's no issue with Kerry. The issue from a Cork point of view is the Munster Council. Now people will say and we've had comments that it's Cork's own fault because they are choosing to put a concert in at Parky Cueve and it's led to the situation but from the Cork GAA side uh, they are putting the blame squarely at Munster Council who we did ask if they wanted to come on the show today they had no one available and they were not issuing any any further statements other than the one they issued on Thursday which we dealt with on the show and staying with GAA uh, the Cork and Kerry game this uh, texter says is only on Sky Sports TV so the parky ring capacity of 9000 is not enough it will not be on RTE so yeah people might want to go to the game because not everybody is uh, paying for Sky and that's true because it's not on, on a free view uh, or on RTE you, you have to pay so you either pay through Now TV or through Sky Sports but you still won't be able to get it for free so that could have a lot of people saying that is maybe the reason why now they want it in Killarney uh, and then people have an issue with Sky showing those games but that's the agreement that was done uh, with the GEA I think it was a five year deal wasn't it was it back in 2017 or 2018 that was done anyhow thank you for your calls on that 2086 by text or calls 0818 somebody's inquiring about free parking in Mallow uh, what's the latest with this we have checked in and the parking in Mallow the free parking has been extended until the 6th of May. This was agreed at a local council meeting I think it was only this morning and they've agreed to extend the current free parking in Malatown until the 6th of May but they ask people to note the usual parking time limits apply and obviously enough don't park on the double yellow lines all those uh, rules apply but the free parking extended in the town of Mallow until the 6th of May We're going to the movies next with our movie reviewer Mark Malone Record today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 0818 103 103 And the final text in on energy prices a person here is saying I think the problem people have with this gas and electricity increases is when the bill comes in you get a text from the company telling you about your bills and that they are due 14 days after the bill comes it can be by email as well but that is putting a lot of pressure on anybody don't get me wrong I would be in the same situation it's awful not giving people enough time to pay them but still it's just the text and emails when they come in it is putting people under pressure and just some traffic coming in from the C103 Street Fleet a traffic update that there is a vehicle broken down on the eastern side of the Dunkettle roundabout and you're asked to take care and traffic delays there as a result. Now let's go to the movies and Mark Malone joins us as usual for our movie review every Friday. Good afternoon to you Mark. Hi John Paul. And before we start we have to give mention to Bruce Willis um, who was stepping back from acting uh, for health reasons. He'll be a big loss won't he Mark to the acting and movie industry. I think what it does is it does explain why he was making so many movies over the past couple of years and he was getting a lot of stick for it. And I I remember the last film I reviewed, 
he was only on set for one day, I think. And uh, they filmed him in front of kind of a tree and in front of a house. So therefore, at any time, they could just edit him into the film. And I think he was going to be in eight more movies again this year. And um, I know the Razzies, for example, had a particular section for him last year for the eight films he made last year and saying how terrible they were. They've since rescinded that and deleted that. Um, and I think it does explain why I think he was making so many films. Obviously, he knew there was something wrong. He'd obviously been diagnosed and uh, with the condition that he has. And I think he was trying maybe to, one, maybe earn as much cash as possible before he decided to retire. Uh, or, and he maybe he just wanted his face in as many movies as he could again before he retired. So it is particularly sad. He wasn't exactly at the kind of heights of his career, the career that he had back in the 80s. Certainly when you look back at the Die Hard films, you know, that was at a time, I think, when his career was really, really at its highest and at its, uh, its most effective. Uh, certainly over the last couple of years, yeah. And uh, maybe he knew of the onset of something even prior to being diagnosed, uh, which is possibly why, you know, he um, just basically made kind of cameo and and, and guest starring roles in, in a lot of the films he was in. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned films there. I suppose the biggest film of all that we remember him from is the Die Hard franchise and that's what he'd be well known for. But we do wish him well, uh, Bruce Willis. I think everybody uh, was shocked to, to learn that because when we see these actors, Mark, we just think they'll be there forever. But, you know, they. as I spoke to one person uh, once who was writing for a soap or a drama in the UK, I think it was Channel 4, and she said, sometimes I forget that these people are re- have real lives. They, they go home at the end of the day, they finish their work and they go back to their families. I still think they're in the drama that they are in that I write for them so I think we do the same with actors don't we Mark when we see them we forget they actually are just humans as well they have a life and it's funny you say that because I've said that before. I've had this discussion with people. Do you know what I mean? I've said, look, these are human beings. You know what I mean? They go to the toilet like everybody else does as well. They have <laughs> yeah. the same emotional and physical problems that we all do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're real people. But sometimes I think because, you know, they have little bits of work done, they always look um, kind of way younger than they actually are. But uh, they are human beings. They're real. They get sick like the rest of us. But uh, we, as you say, we, we wish them the very best. We do indeed. We do indeed. Now we look at the movies you're reviewing this week for us, Mark. At this, first of all, this one's from Pixar. It's turning red. Here's the trailer. I'm Maylin Lee. I wear what I want, say what I want, 24 7, 365. You never know on my mind. I know, it's a lot. But I don't got time to mess around. Oh, about that hustle, am I right? Oh. <sighs> Maymay, breakfast is ready. It's coming. It's gonna be me. Is everything okay? This happened already? What did you say? Our ancestors had a mystical connection with red pandas. Are you kidding me? This little quirk runs in our family. Any strong emotions will release the panda. I've been perfect little May May. But maybe I like this new me. <laughs> Mama's girls. <laughs> it's gonna be May. Now, 
Now the trailer on this I did view that as well and it, it is a very family favourite movie Mark just tell us about the storyline to Turning Red um, It's a film that is about adolescence and uh, it's about the adolescence of this uh, young girl from a Chinese background who uh, lives in Toronto. And um, it's made by Disney Pixar. Now, I've had a bit of a problem with Disney Pixar over the last couple of years because I felt as though some of their films, I said this in the last time, I think it was Soul I reviewed. And I think Soul dealt with kind of death and it got very existential. And I thought that they, the thing about Pixar, I think, over the last few years is that what happened to them is that um, initially when they started, they started making these beautiful, lovely kind of family films like Toy Story and Nemo and so on. But then I think they began to kind of wallow in kind of critical acclaim. And I believe, in my opinion, I think they started making films for the critics and they kind of forgot about who was watching the films. Inside Out is a very, very good example, a very, very complicated film about emotion. And Soul, as I say, was about death. And it, as I say, it got very existential. It got very kind of cerebral and it got very complicated. And, I, and when I was watching Soul, I loved the first 20 minutes. I thought that was extraordinary. But then it kind of just kind of lost its kind of way for me. And it forgot who was watching this film because it wasn't a film for kids at all because kids would be watching it thinking, I don't know what's going on because as an adult, I didn't know what was going on. Um, but what they seem to have done with this film is that they seem to have kind of taken a little step back uh, from the, the, the more kind of complicated kind of side of things. Though there is a lot of subliminal kind of messages here, but it's very, very well done and it's a, it's, it's about coming of age it's about a 13 year old girl who's a typical 13 year old girl you know she hangs around with her friends uh, they um, have crushes on boys they're big into this kind of um, a boy band called Four Town who they're desperate to see uh, but this little girl realizes that she probably won't be able to get to see them in concert because she's got this very overprotective kind of Chinese mother uh, then one night before she goes to bed she undergoes that change, which young girls do. Um, it's a lovely moment where the, the mother is trying to deal with the situation because the young girl is kind of frightened and doesn't quite understand what's going on. Whilst daddy backs out of the room, uh, which is quite kind of funny. She wakes up the next morning and she realizes that she's a panda. She's a giant red panda, like the ones they got in photo. You know, those beautiful little pandas? Yeah. And, um, and of course, she's she doesn't understand what's happening and so her mother has to say look traditionally down throughout the centuries in our family when that change happens uh, we turn into pandas but you can't deal with it you can deal with the turning into the panda by dealing with your emotions so i met somebody some time ago and they said oh yeah that that uh, red panda film that's all about menstruation isn't it and i was like really but when I watch the film, it's actually not. What the Red Panda actually represents is the frustration that a lot of young people at that time going through mental and physical changes. That's what the panda kind of represents. And as her mother at one stage says to her, the way you deal with the panda and your response to the panda is um, dictates what kind of human being you become. And that's what the film is all about, that frustration that young people, as they're making the change from children to kind of young adults, and also the physical and emotional changes as kind of uh, hormones just start flying through their bodies. And it's, it's a very, very difficult time. <clears throat> now, the film doesn't take sides, which is one of the things I loved about it. It's a difficult time, not only for the child at that time, but it's also a very difficult time too for the adults. And I say, they don't take uh, sides, they show the difficulty of both the sides at a very, very difficult time in a young child's life. Now this sounds very, very heavy and loaded. 
It's not. It's all done in a beautifully done Disney Pixar way. The film is beautiful. It's funny. It's interesting. And most of what happens, most of what I've just discussed about, um, is all done subliminally and very, very clever. There's nothing here for parents to be embarrassed about if they're a bit worried about their kids. Because, of course, that person who I met, who just blasele said, oh, that's about menstruation. It's not. It's all about the emotional side of that time. It's beautifully done. It looks great. The songs are from Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. They're very good. What I also love about the animation, too, is that uh, there was this kind of attempt by animators over the, uh, the last few years to try and make it all look as realistic as possible. Here they don't. Here it's a kind of a very, very bright cartoon. It's a fun film which deals with a very, very difficult issue, and they have smashed it out of the park. They really have. It is absolutely terrific. I think young kids will just see a little girl kind of turning into a panda. Older kids, I think, might get uh, the storyline. But there's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's brilliantly done. It's very clever and well done, Disney Pixar. Okay, that's good. And as you said, good to, to, to look at those topics and tackle those topics without, you know, being over extreme on them either, I suppose. Uh, Mark, uh, for this, uh, Disney Pixar turning red out of 10? I'll give it eight. Eight, that's very good. So eight out of ten for turning red. And then uh, another movie, and this is streaming, uh, it's an Amazon, I think it's streaming on, is The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. Yeah, Louis Wayne, uh, this is a true story, by the way, and it's about a painter by the name of Louis Wayne, uh, who became famous in the early kind of 1900s in, in London for producing paintings of cats. Now, if you're a cat lover, you and you probably don't know the name, his name. But if I showed you uh, some of his paintings of those cats, you'd probably recognise them. You'd go, "All oh, right, yeah, I recognise that. I recognise that painting." Uh, and um, uh, even though you might not necessarily know his name, uh, and it's about his life, the life of times of Louis Wayne. The reason why it's called the Electrical Life is that he he considered himself to be a, a, a genius, and in some ways he was. He was certainly a beautiful painter, uh, but he was also a composer, even though. Many said that his songs weren't very good, but he was also big and deep into kind of um, uh, electricity, but not the electricity that you and I would, you know, switch on a light switch with, but the electricity within within us. And he presumed that the electricity that is in with us all can 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 cure illness. But for some reason, the film doesn't really concentrate on that. It concentrates really on his more kind of his eccentricity, because that's what he was. Although there was uh, obviously some mental issues there, which kind of exposed itself as eccentricity. Um, and when we meet him as a, a young man in the early 1900s, uh, he uh, lives with his mother and his six sisters, and he's the only breadwinner. He's an illustrator for uh, a local publisher. Uh, he can paint with and draw with two hands at the same time, so he can produce a huge amount of of material uh, very, very quickly. Um, he then meets this governess. They bring this governess in because he can't educate the children, so they bring a governess in uh, to to educate uh, the rest of the family, and he then falls in love with her. In reality, she was 10 years older than him but here Claire Foy is actually 7 years younger than Benedict Cumberbatch uh, God forbid JP they actually hire a woman in her 40s uh, but um, they then marry and uh, but he still is the only breadwinner amongst her and the family as well which puts a lot of pressure on him because he doesn't really have a, a great kind of business mind his uh, paintings about cats become hugely popular but he doesn't copyright them and because he didn't think he had to so he loses a huge huge amount of money and whilst all the stress of his uh, wife's illness and also the stress of trying to look after his family um 
it takes its toll on him and his and the mental side of his personality and his body. Uh, the film kind of follows his life from that young man through to um, uh, through to uh, his elderly years. The other interesting thing is that uh, the, the 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 paintings of cats became so popular that actually changed people's perception of cats. I mean, we now see cats in the same way we see dogs. We see them as being pets. We 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 live our lives with cats. In that in the early 1900s, the cat wasn't viewed that way. They were looked upon as just the these wild kind of feral kind of things that people had and kept in the house uh, to reduce the amount of vermin of, of mice and rats. By producing these beautiful photographs of, of cats with huge eyes, which kind of humanized them, it made it more acceptable to keep uh, cats as pets, in fact. Um, the film is, looks strange. It's kind of done, it's, it's, it's filmed in four by three, and I don't know why, that's the old kind of TV standard, but there are times where the film does have a lot of these very, very strange kind of visuals. Uh, there's a lot of dreamlike sequences as well, which kind of on occasions can take you out of the story. Uh, there's one scene, for example, where he has this vision of 1999. And so therefore we have this dream sequence of 1999, which is very odd looking. Um, so that happens. People have said in some of the reviews that it's a very strange and odd movie. And there are times when it is that way. And it does take you out of the story, I think, which is a bit of a shame. The, 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 the performance by Benedict Cumberbatch is, is extraordinary. And, um, you know, when you consider that he got, you know, nominated for an Oscar for The Power of the Dog and not for something like this is very, very strange because he's extraordinary. extraordinary. Claire Foy is great. Everybody's great. And I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a lovely, lovely film. Uh, it's odd at times, yes, but I would certainly recommend it. You might not know who Louis Wayne is, but uh, this is one way of becoming aware of him and his talent. Yeah, Mark, well, it does sound uh, like an emotion and indeed a, a different type of a movie, maybe, especially than, than Turning Red. Uh, out of 10, how would you rate this? I'll give it eight as well. Eight? Oh, God, that's good. Okay, so eight out of 10 for both of them. They're good reviews this week. Mark, thank you for that. And we'll chat to you next week You're on welcome. the programme. Thank you. Mark Malone there with our movie review and a reminder that the Premier League Live is back at this Saturday on C103.ie with Trevor Welch powered by Talk Sport. We'll bring you live coverage on Liverpool versus Watford at 12.30. Chelsea taking on Brentford at 3 and Manchester United taking on Leicester City at 5.30. The Premier League Live online with now stream live action with BT Sport and Premier Sport with a now Sports Extra membership. Listen Saturdays on the C103 app or go to C103.ie i.e. And this evening uh, from 7 o'clock of course we are live from Ross Carberry with the West Cork Sports Star Awards here on C103 across West Cork. Uh, Eric will continue with Legends on C103 across the county from 7pm but will be live in West Cork only on C103 West Cork from 7pm meeting some of the monthly award winners. So join us then for the West Cork Sports Star Awards tonight uh, with the Celtic Ross Hotel C103 and the Southern Star. And I'll chat to you Sunday morning also from 10am with the Irish Sunday across North and East Cork and Cork City while John Green is on the Irish Sunday in West Cork. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced uh, Patricia Messenger. Hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, will be recovered from COVID and all of that goes with it and we'll be back on Monday morning. Hopefully she will. Uh, so have a great weekend. I'm John Paul McNamara and we'll chat to you later on tonight at 7 o'clock from Ross Carberry. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.